0: Welcome to the Funny Cause It's True podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McGeehan. The show is recorded live every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. at the Second City Hollywood in Los Angeles, California. Storytellers are either predetermined or chosen randomly on the night of the show to tell a true story based on different themes. And this podcast is a mixed bag of some of my favorites. The theme of this episode is Uncomfortable Situations, Three Stories of Awkward Social Discomfort. Jessica Ann Svensgard gets caught in an outright lie. Kendall Burdett makes a grave faux pas in the worst place possible. And I discover what it takes to get an A in community college. Well, let's not dawdle. First up, Jessica Ann Svensgard. <laughs>
1: My story is also about um, being directionless at community college, Um, but it starts with two backstories. Firstly, I'm adopted, and people are never quite sure how to take that, but the thing is, I was adopted when I was nine months old. I was never in an orphanage, I was never a foster kid, I never lived in a cupboard under the stairs. Um, My parents are my parents, although I still do have a relationship with my biological mother, and people are always like, oh, how does that work, like... With, like, talking to your real mom, and I explain to them, like, no, my real parents are the parents that raised me since I was a baby, and she's just the woman who kind of spat me out. Um, and with my friends, it's something that's common knowledge, and it doesn't really affect me in my day-to-day life except for when I have to explain it to people. Like, when I have to explain that my last name is Norwegian and I'm not, or explain why um, my parents and my sister and I are all different ethnicities. Um, two, uh, I was not particularly good-looking for the first 14 years of my life. And then um, freshman year of high school, I got kind of hot. And, um, <laughs> uh, and the very first boy who looked at me, um, he, was, he was half Asian, half Jewish, and just a little bit chubby, which at the time was just everything I wanted out of life. Um <laughs> And, and just the, the very first boy to want me, that was enough for me, because we got together when I was 15, and we stayed together all throughout high school. Um, and so it came to be senior year, second semester, and um, he decided to go to USC because his family is rich. Um, and I, I decided to go to the Bay Area Community College because I just had not realized my potential yet. Um, and... and so we spent the summer together being happy-go-lucky, teenage boyfriend-girlfriend. And then at the end of the summer, we did the really smart thing and decided to stay together as we started new lives 400 miles apart. <laughs> um, and I, kn- it made my parents uncomfortable. It made his parents uncomfortable. It made all of our friends uncomfortable. And anyone who came in contact with us uncomfortable because everybody knew what we didn't, which is that it wasn't going to work out. Um, and so... His first semester at USC, it went by pretty quick. Thanksgiving break happens, winter break happens, and I was visiting, you know, L.A. a lot, especially because I wanted to move down here eventually. Um, But second semester, two things happened. Firstly, I also was only taking two classes because, as it turns out, college wasn't for me. Um, Mm -hmm. One class was called Anthropology in Magic, Witchcraft, and Religion, Mm -hmm. in which... (laughs) (laughs) Not once did we talk about Harry Potter. Um, I was severely disappointed. And my other class was a screenwriting class that I was genuinely interested in because it's the field I'm pursuing now. It's the only thing I really got out of my one year at um, crappy community college was that I really wanted to be a writer. And my teacher was a really cool guy named uh, Mr. Dildine. Um, <laughs> But he was he was very strict on writing deadlines. That was something he really wanted to instill in us. And so it got to the end of second semester. And so in, se- in second semester, you have finals week. But then the week before finals, you have dead week. Um, and dead week is when you don't learn anything new. You just review everything you've already done. So then when you take finals, you're like good to go. And so at that point, I hadn't seen my boyfriend at the time in about two months, which when you're, when you're a horny 18-year-old is a long time. Um, and so I decided that in Dead Week, because I was already prepared for both of my finals, because there were only two of them, um, I would take a drive down to L.A. and see my boyfriend and then come back and take my finals. Um, and my final for the screenwriting class was a 20-page um, preview of a feature film that we'd been working on all semester. And I already had that written. So I was like, I'm cool. So um, the weekend before the week of finals, I drove down to LA. It was actually the first time my parents had let me make the drive by myself. And I spent the whole weekend with my boyfriend at USC, by which I mean his dorm at USC, because I wasn't allowed outside, um, (laughs) per my parents' request. And um, then I drove back Monday night and I get home and i 'm settling in it 's really late and I get on facebook and I get a message from my friend Trevor. another backstory Trevor and I went you know especially close, but we 'd had a class together every year of high school and then every semester at community college. Um, And the only thing Trevor and I had in common was that we had, like, really dark senses of humor. So we could joke with each other about stuff. Like, he always made fun of me for being adopted and I always made fun of him for clearly being a mistake because his older brothers were 30 and 32 and he was 18. Um, (laughs) LAUGHTER And Trevor messaged me on Facebook and he was like, Where were you today? And I was like, I was just, I was driving back from LA. Um, He was like, You know that our final paper was due today. And I was like, I fucking didn't. Um, And he was like, Dildine, a month ago, said that the paper was due the week before finals so you could give us feedback the next week and I was like I didn't know that and so um, the next day I went into Mr. Dildine with this excuse planted in my head and I'd never used it in high school because in high school your teachers always have access to your parents email and phones but I was like this is the best excuse I've ever gotten so I went into Mr. Dildine and I was like Mr. Dildine yesterday was my 19th birthday and I fully intended to come into class and hand him my final but my parents decided my 19th birthday was the day that they were going to tell me that I was adopted um laughter And um, I think I'm a pretty good actress because he bought it. Um, I freely, you guys can use this excuse whenever you want because it's foolproof. It's great. He bought it. Um, I gave him the paper that day. And so the next Monday, we all came into class and he was ready to give his feedback. And um, he was going through everybody's papers, talking to each student privately at his desk. And Trevor and I are joking around the back of the room. And he makes a really loud joke about, like, you're just sad because your real parents didn't love you. And normally, I would think this was hilarious because that's just the kind of stuff we joke about. But Mr. Dillon, he made eye contact with me from across the room, and I was like, I... There was a moment that seemed like an hour in my mind, and I had no idea what to do. And the first thing that came to my mind is what I did, which is I slapped Trevor across the face, (laughs) and I ran out of the classroom. Um, And I got an A on my final... And then I promptly I promptly dropped out of community college, broke up with my boyfriend, and moved to Los Angeles.
0: Before we get to our next story, I need to give you a little bit of exposition. Kendall and Tyson are best friends. They've known each other a very long time. Tyson dated a woman named Heather, and they got engaged. But then Tyson, questioning some things, broke off that engagement. Later, Tyson regretted this decision, and he wanted Heather back badly, so he enlisted the help of his best friend and our storyteller, Kendall Burdett, to win back her heart. This is the story of how that went terribly wrong. Next up, Kendall Burdett.
2: I'm almost there, man. I think I, I can win her back. I, think, I know I broke off the engagement. I think she wants me back. Okay, cool. So we'll get her back. He's like, "Listen, I need you to, I need you to be my wingman on on a thing." I'm like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "I need you to come with me to a family thing that they're doing. Family thing that they were doing was a funeral of a of a child in their family. That they, there was a there was a very young child. A, 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 one of the sisters had a stillbirth, and they were having a funeral for the baby." He's like, "You." You have to come with me to this funeral. Funeral turns out to be one of those type of funerals that everyone's like, even though it's very sad, everyone's very uplifted and very like loving and, and giving. And it's like the, the, the spirit of love and happiness is there, even though it's a very tragic thing. So I say, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll go with you to this thing. So we go to the funeral. And he's like, he, at the end of the service, which was remarkably beautiful, it, in the midst of all of this turmoil – I say, "All right, man. Listen, I'm here with you. I need to go." He's like, "Well, come up to me. Come up with me to say hello to the family, so I can win back the the respect of the family, and I can win her back." I'm like, "Oh, oh okay, fine." So we walk up. Now, this was an outdoor funeral. Um, this was in uh, the state of Utah. It was very damp. Very. Uh, it had been raining earlier the day before, so we walk up and he's saying he's giving his condolences and we're all hugging and we all know each other now the mother hates me and i can see it in her eyes that she hates me it just has that like deadness in her eyes and so that was gone and i didn't want to i didn't want to see anybody i was there for my friend tyson whatever so he goes up and he says he says all the things and uh and i'm i'm just trying to get out of there i see a few people and uh we're about to get out of there and uh just as I'm about to go up and give my condolences to, to the mother and to the father, meaning the, the grandmother and the grandfather, right, that uh, here's what happens. So this woman in a wheelchair is kind of, it's, it's really crowded, and we're up right by where the, here's the coffin, and here's the, which was up above ground, and then here's the, here's the hole, here's the, where the hole was in the ground, covered with some material. So, I'm there, and Tyson's doing his thing, and I'm just trying not to be noticed. And then I take, I, 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 this woman in the wheelchair comes by, and I'm like, okay, go ahead. Great, great grandma, or whoever, and whatever. And then I take, a, I take one step, and then if you've ever slipped, you know what it's like to fall and not be graceful about it. You fall down, and it's like, sometimes you catch yourself, and you get back up, and it's fine. And other times you fall down, and everyone knows that you're falling. I step, and the ground beneath my foot gives way I'm like uh, I make a noise I grab somebody I don't know who I grabbed I knock the flower off of a thing this ground gives way and I cough coffin's safely over here I f- I fell into that grave <laughs> and not even kind of up to my armpits in, in grave and I'm like and I'm not even smooth about it I'm like ugh uh, uh. Everyone else is silent. Not not like hubbub, silent. They lift me out. It's silent. Security people come and escort me away. It's silent. The the, the father of of the, the the future father in law, Tyson and Heather are happily married, doesn't matter at this point. Walking me to my car, I'm dusting off mud from grave off of my suit. Father says to me, and I quote, You are the world's greatest wingman.
0: (laughs) And finally, me, Kevin McGeehan. My mother and I always had this thing where she did not agree with me when I would always say to her, things work out, just trust that it will. She always found that infuriating every time I said that. And here's one example where it did. I went to a community college right after high school because I was directionless. I went to Florida Community College at Jacksonville, or as some clever people called it, fruit juice. So I went there right after, and I took two classes, an English class and an acting class, so my workload was really heavy. In the English class, it was taught by a man named Professor Robinson. And Professor Robinson was a man in his 60s, a little overweight. He looked like a man in his 60s, gray hair. Uh, He was a former Navy chaplain. He had a wife and two grown children. He mentioned that in the first day when we were all getting to know each other. So I knew that going in. The class progressed, and I found him extraordinarily boring. So I didn't go to class. I would go surf. Surf. And I put that in air quotes because I was not successful when I surfed. So i go to the beach and hang out, and in my melanin-lacking uh, skin, I would get very burned. And one day, my mother caught me when I had an extraordinary sunburn and said, When would you get that? Uh, I don't know. And she busted me not going to class. And my mother was a former English teacher, and her son, does, her son goes to English class. That's just the way it works. So she was very appalled that I had not been going to this class. So she said to me, Kevin, you've just recently gotten your act together and gotten accepted at the University of Florida. I will not have you go in there with bad transcripts. You need to go to Professor Robinson and tell him that you want extra credit and that that's it. That's what our deal is. Fine, I'll do it. So at the end of the term, I go and I stay after class. I say to Professor Robinson with this pitch, I just got accepted at the University of Florida and I'm very, very excited. I want to go there with really good transcripts. Is there a way I could do some sort of extra credit, like write a paper or something like that, just to bump up my grade to an A? And he said, no, I'm sorry, I don't do that, that's not my policy. Fine, okay, I tried. Then we began talking about what we had talked about that day in class. We have a scintillating conversation about it. And then he says, are you walking out to the parking lot? And I say, yes. He says, oh, I'll walk with you. So we start walking out to the parking lot. (laughs) Continuing to talk about what we had talked about that day in class. And then we get to the end of the sidewalk, about to enter the parking lot. And he says to me, Kevin, so this grade's kind of important to you, isn't it? And I say, yeah, it is. (laughs) And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, well, I'd like to have sex with you. Now, to describe myself at the time, to give you just a physical uh, version of what I look like, uh, I was about 35 pounds lighter. I had really long bangs. I looked like the lead, the lead singer at Thompson Twins, just that guy. And I had two gold hoop earrings in this ear. That were both of them purchased by my mother. So that's what he's looking at right now as he makes this proposition. So backing up, he says, well, I'd like to have sex with you. And I answered him in the most honest sentence I have ever uttered in my life. Uh, I was kind of hoping I could just write something. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, never tell anyone about this. And he walked away. And I stood there, frightened, not knowing what to do, questioning many things about myself. And I kept that promise to him for three minutes. I ran to the first person I knew, the first friendly face I had seen, and it was a woman named Farron. And I went to Farron, and I said, this guy just asked me to have sex with him, and I don't know what happened. And she looked at me, and I swear to God, this was her first reaction. Well, you do have earrings. (laughs) So that night, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should tell my mother or not. It was very embarrassing. And, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to tell her, I thought. And then I was going to go back, and I was going to take this final exam. And then when I... Did. There were two days you could take the final exam, a Tuesday or a Thursday. And I thought, if I take it Thursday, everybody else is going to be there because no one's going to want to take it early. They're going to put it off the last minute. I go in, it's me and another girl, and she finishes 20 minutes before me. So I've got to walk up to his desk and hand him my paper. We smile at each other like we're old friends. And then I promptly leave. That night, I have to tell my mother that if, for some reason, I get an F in this class, it's not because I didn't do well. It was because I would not fornicate with my teacher. And my mother was shocked. And, oh, my God, Kevin, I'm so sorry I put you in this position. I made you go do this. And then she looked me once again dead in the eye. Was it your earrings? (laughs) Three days later, I received my grades in the mail. And I got an A. And as I told her, things just have a way of working out. That's it. That's our show. Special thanks to our storytellers, Jessica Ann Svensgaard and Kendall Burdett. Also thanks to Josh Callahan, Mark Warzeka, The Second City Hollywood, and the Comedy Podcast Network for producing the show. You can like Funny Cause It's True on Facebook, to find out upcoming show dates and themes. All the past episodes are available for free download on the Comedy Podcast Network and iTunes. While on iTunes, feel free to leave a rating and a comment about the show. The more comments help the show grow to a broader audience on iTunes. Plus, it appeases my staunch desire for approval and acceptance. If you would ever like to see the live show, Funny Cause It's True is every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. at the Second City Hollywood, located on Historic, in riddled Hollywood Boulevard. So come out, put your name in contention, and maybe you'll get chosen to tell a true story on stage. And from there, get chosen to be on the podcast. My name is Kevin McGeehan. Thanks for listening.
1: You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.